Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to Case File 14 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This episode we're looking at the remarkable story of Alan Bird, who claims that after a lightning storm he was able to use a washing machine to travel back and forth in time. For the last 11 years, Alan has been the manager and apparently sole employee of a small branch of the electrical retailer Curry's. I called him to talk about an astonishing discovery he made in the stockroom of the store a few months ago. Alan says that after a particularly heavy thunderstorm, one of his washing machines appeared to have turned into a portal, allowing easy and regular travel centuries into the past. We discuss what he saw in his journeys and the problems that arose from these various trips. But the recording starts with me asking Alan about the security troubles he has relating to being the only person working at his shop. If I take my eye off the front door, they could go out the back door into the stockroom and choose whatever they want, because with the stockroom, there's about 20 doors around there, including where you can drive a van in and out. So I really need to trust my customers, and that's why I give them a, a membership card. And what does the membership card enable them to do? Uh, it, it allows them uh, access to keys if I'm late for work or uh, if it's my day off. Right, so it really is quite a trusted environment. Oh, I trust my customers. I must stress this. I trust my customers. They have keys to the shop, and also if you get five gold stars on the membership card, uh, you're allowed in the till. To what end? Well, if I'm not there, if I'm running late, or the other day um, I got text going, uh, I really need a dish washer and i said look you got the keys you got the till you do what you got to do in there have you had any problems with people walking away with stock yes uh about 80 percent of customers uh do short change the till and uh armed robbers have gone in there on numerous occasions uh but you know fools because they don't need to be armed yes they can just walk in and grab grab the till and the, and the merchandise well yeah i mean the problem was i mean actually i i, I spoke to one of them and uh they said that they were they hadn't been armed because uh, they could have carried more stuff out. So you've run this shop for about 11 years now. It's quite small, but <laughs> despite it being small, something fantastic happened a few months ago. Do you want to just talk us through the night in question? I believe it was, what, I guess some sort of electrical storm? Yes, yes. I um, it, it was pouring with rain outside. Uh, a huge thunderstorm. Anyway, I was, uh, I was washing uh, my boxer shorts and uh, gym wear. Uh, you know, so the great thing about running and electrical stores that you can use all of the products for yourself. Can you? Do you not get complaints from people that it's been clearly been used? Yes, well, yes. I mean, I did sell a dishwasher the other day which had all my dishes in there and uh, they weren't too happy about that, but I said, you know, you can keep them. 
I've had a lot of complaints regarding uh, regarding that. People are saying, well, you know, this is second-hand stuff because you've used it. But there is a rule that if the shop owner uses it, that is not a use, that is a test. So I tell them, look, this isn't second-hand. This has just been tested by me. Now, fair enough. I haven't uh, cleared the internet history on that laptop. Fair enough. Uh, yes, that washing machine is still full of my, uh, my duvet. But, you know, I could take it out. It works, don't it? What are you complaining about? People like to complain these days. And that's why I've uh, set up a chart outside the shop where it says if you want to complain, you have to talk to a waxwork of me, which is like in a little hut, like a Punch and Judy kind of hut. And you talk to him, because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> You're basically just saying just talk to the talk to the Aoife. You've no interest in these complaints. No, no, Aoife is the wrong word there, I'm afraid, young man. Uh, it's me. It's me. It's waxwork, but it's me. And they tell me, well, it's not you is it? Because it's a waxwork. I'm looking at you and if I look over here it's a waxwork of you and I tell them, well, can you tell the difference? They usually can because it's it's a melted down from, um, do you know Jeremy Vine? The broadcaster? Yes, it was a waxwork of him that uh, two swords melted down but just as they got to the upper lip I saw them doing this through a crack in the fence and said, oh, I'll take that off you. So I've actually had to uh, draw my eyes and hair and nose onto this quite, you know, shiny exterior of Jeremy Vine's head. So people say it looks nothing like me but I tell them from the, uh, you know, I'm not a great artist but from nose up it is me uh, i've got quite a few questions that i also want to rattle through quickly um why why was jeremy vine even made at madame two swords he won a competition uh in 1998 it was a big uh fundraiser for the millennium and he won uh, he he bid 20 grand to have a waxwork made of him uh but the thing is no one knows who jeremy vine is especially back in uh, 1999 i mean they knew who he was but not enough to go oh fuck me who's that stood next to you know frank bruno it's jeremy vine so uh 2006 they thought fuck this let's melt him down for the wax and then uh, you mentioned that you keep putting items into dishwashers and whatnot and some of them do you find yourself that you've lost quite a few of your own like crockery how do you deal with that uh yes yeah i mean i i mean i remember once um well i basically thought i'll bring all of um everything i own in my house and i'll bring it all to the shop and i'll just deep clean everything i'll put everything in the dishwasher the washing machines the tumble dryers i'll uh, i'll put my clothes in the wardrobes there you know just really you know deep clean the, 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 the flat get it empty uh, anyway a billionaire came over and he just wanted to buy all of my stock so a billi- a billionaire surely you have like multiple objects for every household good like you must have more than one washing machine and he wanted to what I want nine washing machines six hoovers yeah it's billionaire right. that's what billionaires do I mean I, I, I've only met one billionaire in my life and this guy came in and he went I want nine of those ten of those six of those I said how many dishes have you got brother and we laughed and we actually got on I do like the guy but I forgot that I put all of my stuff in the dishwasher and the washing machines. So, um... I was left with an empty shop because he'd bought everything and also I was, left with, I was left with an empty flat and I drove to his house and I said brother you need to give me back everything that's mine and he went well I don't know which one your stuff is in so um, you know billionaires like to play games I learnt this so I went well I've got to go through every bloody dishwasher and washing machine to find my stuff and he went no you've only got one chance to do that otherwise I'm going to kick you off the estate he laid it all out he had nine washing machines in a row nine dishwashers nine ironing boards uh, which he'd covered in uh, <laughs> like a gas so I couldn't actually see what was on the ironing board and he went you've got one chance 
to open the door and if your stuff's in there you get it but if not you're off the estate such was his wealth he was able to construct a sort of game show environment for you to win back you, your own possessions <laughs> yeah horrible game I don't know if you've ever played that kind of game but he uh, yeah it was, it, it, was, it, it was a nasty man anyway I walked away with uh, what did I win I won um, I won back four shirts uh, my DVD collection and uh, two pairs of shoes. But that was it. That was all I got from Nintendo. I, I, I want to sort of get back to what we alluded to earlier, which is this electrical storm that was playing havoc with the items that you had in your shop, presumably once you'd restocked them from the billionaire. An extraordinary thing happened where this complete storm uh, was, was tearing up the skies. I just heard this crazy commotion coming from the, uh, the stock cupboard. So I, I went in and the washing machine was really erratic. You know when a washing machine goes absolutely insane? Like it really starts flying. So I'm looking at it thinking, well hang on a sec, I didn't turn that off. There's nothing in there. So I'll wait till it kind of calms down. I opened it up and inside just sat there. I mean, I couldn't believe what I was staring at. It was a roast chicken. Right. right. I've seen a roast chicken in a oven. I've seen a roast chicken in a fridge. I've seen a roast chicken... Yeah, I think, I think we've got the picture. You haven't seen a roast chicken in a washing machine before. I've seen a roast chicken in a shower. Don't want to talk about that. But I've never seen a roast chicken in a washing machine. Yes. When I say roast chicken, I'm telling you right now, this thing was steaming. It was crisp. The skin was crisp. And I thought, how the hell has it done that? Washing machine's wet. So I put my hand in to pull out the roast chicken. And as I pulled my hand out, I was wearing a lace glove. I had a completely naked arm. I put my hand in to pull out this roast chicken. When I pulled the roast chicken out, my hand came back wearing a lace glove. Right. Now, like I said to you, I didn't put that on before I put my hand in the washing machine. Yeah, I think we've got that point. So I I thought, what's going on here? So I decided to put my head in the washing machine. What did you see? Wow. What did I see? I saw 15th century London. Really? 15th century London? I I couldn't believe what was going on. I pulled my head out, shot. Now, when I pulled my head out, my glasses had gone, and on top of my head was like a Robin Hood kind of like green felt hat. (laughs) Yeah. And I was wearing a ruff. Right, right, OK. <laughs> so, I, so, I was not happy. So not only did this washing machine become a sort of portal to the past, it was also dressing you in a variety of objects. Yeah, as if a someone... Of, a, a, a vague facsimile of the past. Yes. So I thought, I thought, I need to get my glasses back. So I put my head back in. But the ruff uh, couldn't go through the... Uh, the hole of the washing machine. The hole of the washing machine. So as I kept pushing myself forward, all my actual clothes peeled off because they were getting caught in the rough as well. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, totally. So I was... I basically landed stark bullet naked wearing lace gloves holding a roast chicken wearing a, 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 a Robin Hood hat in Hampton Court's maze. And it was presumably what, uh, <laughs> a Tudor King's chicken, was it? It was a King's chicken. The King was looking for the chicken. In the maze? Yeah. He found me, and he went, oh, I found it. Also, who the fuck are you? You know, and you would say that, wouldn't you? Yeah. So I, uh, I said I run curries. He just laughed at that. He thought that was a funny word. So he took me up to his palace. He bathed me. He, he laid me down in like a kind of uh, trough of milk. And he said, you could lie there for a bit, young man, because uh, I don't know who the hell you are, but I want to learn more about you later on. 
but you just bathe in that milk and splash about for a bit and clean yourself. You befriended then, I guess, quite a key person in the past. He had a, he detected from you that you were some sort of person from the future. Yeah, because I was wearing a watch. Right. So uh, he couldn't believe, he thought I was like some kind of robot. He, he actually thought I was a robot. Uh, had robotics been developed much in the 15th century? Well, no, he asked me what the watch was because it was speaking the time. You know, I've got one of those watches that can talk. And uh, he said, what's that? I was like, well, it's like a robot watch. How did you explain to him what a robot was? Well, I said to him, you know veins? And he went, no. So I'm like, right. The blood vessel or the, the weather detection <laughs> mechanism? The, the blood vessel. He knew he, he knew what the weather detection was. Uh, he said he's got loads of them. But I said, no veins. I went, you know, like your guts. He went, yeah, no guts. I said, well, imagine guts made out of, um, you know, plastic. And he's looking at me like... You know, what the hell's plastic? I was like, wires, you know, kind of electric. And uh, I went back into Curry's and thought, I'm going to bring him back a uh, flat screen TV and show him that. So uh, I was in my shop naked and <laughs> wearing this... Still wearing the Robin Hood hat. Robin Hood hat, lace gloves. And I'll get myself a nice, I think, a nice 52-inch TV. He won't Presumably be... dripping with milk. <laughs> Yes, yes, I'm dripping with milk. And, you know, my shop's still open, so customers were laughing and pointing. (laughs) Anyway, I want to get back into the washing machine, but the TV doesn't fit. You know, it's a 52-inch, and that's not going to get into the hole for the uh, the washing machine. So I have to bring a little, uh, kind of like a 12-inch telly. Anyway, I get back in, I land in the maze again, and uh, I can't find my way out. So you're only able to escape beforehand because the king was able to guide you out? Yes, the king was there. But when I landed, he wasn't there at the time. He thought I'd gone, you know, well, he didn't know where I'd gone. I told him I was going to the future, but I don't think he believed me. I uh, finally got out of the maze. I knock on his door uh, and uh, I show him the TV. I said, what do you want to watch? And uh, he wanted to watch... Um, well, he didn't know what he wanted to watch, actually. He, he couldn't work it out. He didn't know uh, He didn't know who Richard Osman was. He didn't know who um, uh, George Alagaya was. You know, this guy was blown away by it. It really was. And now, you mentioned that you sort of... You went through the washing machine to go back into the past and you appeared in this maze. When you look backwards, what did you see? Could you see the future through that hole? Uh, yes, it's fascinating. Actually, when when I look through the uh, when I look through the, uh, the the hedge of the maze. Yes, when I look through the hedge of the maze. Basically, long story short, my waxwork uh, started running the shop. People started treating my waxwork as though uh, that was me. How long were you in the past then, observing your shop? Now in the future, uh, I was there for about uh, a month. I got on famously. They, you know, people would come and hear me do lectures in the uh, in the grand hall there. Uh, they'd ask me, you know, what happens in, uh, you know, the, the, the 1641, you know, stuff like that. And I'll what say, did happen in 1641? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell them, look, you know, there's going to be a rebellion. There's going to be a civil war. But then there's going to be a, a glorious uh, revolution, you know, and they think, oh, fantastic. Tell us more. Tell us more. I'll tell them about Napoleon. I'll, t- I'll tell them about the two world wars. I'll tell them about the millennium bug. I'll tell them about X Factor. I'll tell them about everything. I'll tell about Sunny Delight. They can't believe what they're hearing. Mars bars. Um, you know, uh, washing machine. I'll tell them. I'll give them 20% off. And I actually, on my last day, I thought, right, I'm going to take 
a Tudor kid and show them the future. So, uh, you know, we did a little competition. You had to draw what you think the future looks like. I got one of the kids in. I, I shoved them into the mop. Well, well hey, before we get on, what, what was their, what did their picture of the future look like? <laughs> I'll tell you the one that won. But they also thought mazes were going to still be the big craze. You know how everyone has a PlayStation or, or Netflix? They thought everyone would have a maze in their house. For entertainment? Yeah, everyone has a maze in their house. So, you know, at the end of a long day, you come home and then you go get lost in the maze. Right, every day. Which I presume <laughs> every you're gonna, day, yeah. Surely at some point you're going to remember the way round. And, hang on a minute. Yeah. This, this, this person won because this was the most accurate vision of the future. <laughs> um, what, did the, what did the other pictures look like? Uh, the worst one, and I genuinely tore it up in front of uh, this bloke, it was just uh, a family of five living in a horse, but the horse was still alive. Right. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're in quite a favourable position with the king. Did that prove useful? The king loves me. The king thinks I'm the funniest bastard he's ever seen in his life. This guy, he, everything I say, he starts cracking up. And I don't mind it. He's a funny guy too. We get on like a house on fire. And why did he find you so funny? Because, I guess, of your, just your natural personality or because you were bringing items back from the future to demonstrate to him? Yeah, he... Do you know what? It's so... You know, we look at, say, if you're lucky enough to have a dishwasher, you don't think that's very funny, do you? No. But if I fitted in a dishwasher to your, your house now and turned it on, you wouldn't just start laughing and clapping, would you? No. Well, that's what he did. I, ch- I, I plugged it in. Plugged it into where? <laughs> uh, you, ran, uh, ran, you ran a cable back through the washing machine. Yeah, you can get long extension leads now. Uh, well, you, you know, presumably you... sell them. Yes, I do. At the moment, it's plugged into uh, a George Foreman grill, a uh, dishwasher, and uh, a radio that's currently playing um, uh, the shipping forecast to uh, Henry VIII. So you're showing this dishwasher to the king, and what, he's just laughing manically? He can't. He, he is honestly on his knees, crying oh, oh, with laughter, oh, oh, because he he can't understand what's going on inside. So, look, I'm showing him. Right, here's a dirty plate. I put it in. He starts giggling. I shut it. He starts, you know, really giggling. I press a few buttons. He really laughs at the beep, beep, beep. He absolutely pisses himself laughing at that noise. Beep, beep, beep. 
and then, you know, a dishwasher goes, starts kicking off. I empty it out, I show him the empty plate, he puts his head in, because he's wondering where the dirty plate's gone. I mean, the guy's fucking mad. He's the king. I'm like, are you thick or something? You enjoyed quite a close relationship, then, to be able to insult him on these sort of topics. Well, yeah, but he didn't know the words I was saying. Right. You know, so I said, oh, you're thick. And he went, yeah, I'm thick. He just thought it was like a cute name. From the future. Yeah, so there is a speech, actually. can find it uh, online. It's printed on vellum. It's up in Victoria Tower in the Houses of Parliament with all of our scrolls and laws. But there is a speech that he gave where he just tells everyone how thick he is and how happy he is <laughs> that he's thick. You know what I mean? he picked up the word from you. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, I mean, uh, he just says, you know, I'm thick. Uh, I love being thick. <laughs> I, uh, what was I, this I, speech? Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly the... Uh, I don't expect you to remember it verbatim, but who was he giving the speech to and for what benefit? He thought it was really important. Right. So he, he got on the... Uh, he got The on bandwagon the... early and thought, i better make sure I am this word. Yeah, he got on the microphone. I bought him a microphone for his birthday and speakers, and um, I said, do a broadcast uh, to, to your country. And he went, I'm going to do one about being thick. And I was, I was like, oh, dear. <laughs> you know, I, I was in far too deep now so I went yeah okay sure so he put these two speakers like bluetooth uh, on his uh, windowsill and I said just talk and he went um I'm thick I want everyone to know I'm thick and uh, you know <laughs> I was laughing my head off, but I had to, and then he was like, what are you laughing at? And I, uh, I pointed to the George Foreman grill that was doing some bacon. I went, I mean, that's funny, isn't it? And he went, yeah, the guy was mad. I thought, I need to get out of here before someone actually uh, realises what thick means. Well, I was going to say, like, it sounds like it was pretty plain sailing for a lot of your journey, but did you have problems? This was a history where, you know, people were accused of witchcraft and that sort of stuff. Did people take a, an umbrage? Do you bring about these incredible inventions? The trouble really started was when I, uh, I wanted to bring um, a car into uh, Tudor England. Sure. I thought, you know, that would be, uh, well, I just thought it would be funny. I went, I went back to, uh, you know, normal times. where I Curries. Li- yeah, where I'm talking to you from now. And I uh, built a washing machine the size of, well, basically I could build a ramp going in and... Uh, yeah, build, yeah, yeah, build... yeah. So, the, so the, actual, the actual drum of the washing machine was of sufficient size to contain a car. To contain a car, yes. But how did you uh, make so that washing machine into a portal to the past? I got the old washing machine because I thought, well, it must be something to do with that. And uh, I just kind of made the roof a bit bigger, made the walls a bit bigger, you know. I just made it a bit bigger, you know. Anyway, the the problem started. It wasn't the car. I hope I'm not leading you on a little shaggy dog story here. The car wasn't the problem, but the car was a catalyst to the problem. I built the thing so big that when I drove off, I was so excited to show the king the car, I'd forgotten to shut the washing machine door. Right. Now... Pandemonium, absolute chaos. There was a terrible, because of the storm, there was terrible uh, diversions, and um, the storm had completely moved around all the the signs that were uh, telling cars where to go because trees had been knocked down, and so all the cars drove through the washing machine. So, um, what are you talking about? Well, so <laughs> the storm, which I think happened a, a, a clear month before this scenario. Yes. Oh, yes. It was a terrible storm. Oh, yes. Yeah, but the, the storm was so severe that the council hadn't had time to fix 
fix the signs. And as happenstance would have it, they were directing traffic on a diversion through Curry's, up a ramp, and into the past. Yeah. Well, they didn't know they were going to the past. They thought it was like a tunnel, so they all just went in. No, but they surely it's surrounded by a giant washing machine. Well, you know, a tunnel could look like a giant washing machine, I suppose, you know. I mean, if you squint, that's a big tunnel in your house, isn't it? You don't know that there's nothing on the other side, unless you okay. put your head in. Sure. So, anyway, this, so, of course, if there was something on the other side, there was Tudor England. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm showing Henry VIII uh, his car, and I'm like, it's for you. And I give him the keys, he gets in, uh, he reverses it into the Thames. Right, and, uh, uh, yet again another, another car reversed into the sea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 I do listen to your podcast, and, uh, you know, I, I just, I have to admit, I do shake my head listening to this, because I think, and that has happened to me as well. But, you know, how many people could say they've seen Henry VIII reverse his car into the Thames? You know what I'm saying? Just you at the moment. Just me. Maybe me next week. Who knows? But, um... So, Henry, Henry the Apes reversed his car. He reverses his car. I get him out. I look in the window and go, Henry, brother, I'm going to have to teach you how to drive this thing. He goes, no, fuck you. I'm thick. I can do what I want. And I'm like, ah. I think... <laughs> I think I've lost him here. You've made a mistake, yeah. Yeah. You've he really buoyed up his ego. He drives off, and I think to myself, you know what? It'll be easy to find. How many cars are there in Tudor England? What model of car was it? Uh, a fantastic Aston Martin DB5. Right. So, <laughs> fit, fit for a king? Yeah, well, it was. It ain't, it, I mean, again, I didn't realise this, but it was the actual DB5 used in the James Bond films. And I was absolutely petrified. He'd, you know, He'd lift the uh, he'd, the gear stick, press the red button, fly out, have the machine guns going off. I was terrified. Why were you terrified of that? Because it sounds like you're causing absolute havoc to the timeline of this country. Well, Freely giving away DVD players, George Foreman grills and dishwashers. <laughs> surely, surely the sight of a king ejecting from a car is, in the grand scheme of things, a minor detail. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if one day you don't, you're living in Tudor England, and the next. You're being shown, like you said, a cheese toasty grill, a uh, DAB radio, a, a electricity. If you see the king just flying off in a seat, you go, well, yeah, I'm sure that makes a lot of sense. My point is, I thought it'd be easy to find, you know, because... There's only one car in Tudor, England. Because at the same time as this is happening, of course, there is what sounds like a traffic jam building up back at the maze. I absolutely didn't realise what was going on. I'd completely forgotten I'd left the washing machine door open. By this point, it would have been I'd left it open for about uh, two hours. Uh, I'd say about 600 cars had driven through the maze, just burst through the, uh, the, the foliage, and... Tudor England was now surrounded by 600 cars, so I had to find a DB5 amongst 600 cars and you know. I, I think I've got this picture. It's Tudor London. There's 600, 601 cars driving about. Henry VIII and an Aston Martin DB5. How on earth do you corral them back where they need to be? Well, basically, I had to listen. The only radio that worked was the DB5, and I could hear green sleeves. He, he had somehow managed to find a, <laughs> a channel, a radio channel, that was blowing out green sleeves. People were so excited by what I was I was bringing in. Uh, one of Henry VIII's brothers set up a radio station. Using the equipment you'd brought back from the future. Yes. Right. And I said, well, what do you want to play? And he, he said, oh, I'd love to play uh, my favourite track, Green Sleeves. Yeah. And I said, OK, what else? He went, well, that's all I've got. So, you know, I said... So there's a Tudor play- radio station that just broadcast Green Sleeves 
Yeah. Well, all day long. And then, I guess, the occasional traffic report, which <laughs> up until now hadn't been needed. Yeah. Well, the traffic report up until that day was quiet as a mouse. A few carts on the uh, on the road there. Uh, Richmond Bridge is a bit busy uh, because it's market day, you know, stuff like that. And then you tune in one day and you go, right, there are cars... <laughs> Driving around. The, the radio station's broadcasting this traffic crisis. How are you going to solve it and get all these cars back to where they need to be? Well, I said to him, look, he's, he's clearly listening to uh, your radio station. He's the only one that can get it on the DB5. Right, so you're, so, so you're talking to the brother here, the king listening to the broadcast. Yes. So I said, broadcast to your brother that he has to come back. So I said, right, do a, do a radio call-in. There's a phone in the DB5. He'll call into the radio station. So, um, you know, his brother goes, right, if you've got any requests for songs, uh, you know, call in. Right, because I guess Greensleeves hadn't been playing for a few minutes. Henry VIII was quite keen to get that going again. Well, no, the requests were very different back then. You didn't request a specific song. You requested a specific speed. So you, you you called in and you went, hello, can I have green sleeves, but really fast? I'm feeling fantastic. Or uh, my wife just left me, can I have green sleeves, but can I have a really slow version? So, you know, that's how you requested a song back in Tudor, England. Sure. So I said, get him to call in and request a speed. Yeah. So he, he calls in and he said, uh, he said, I'm driving... I'm feeling fantastic, brother. Because, he, you know, he's just calling his brother. And he said, uh, There are little tubes sticking out of the lights, and when I press uh, a button, it, it fires something out. I'm, I'm just having the greatest day of my life. He's using the machine guns. Yeah. Can I have green sleeves at ultimate speed? And within five seconds, the king loved it so much, he crashed. Yeah. He, he absolutely went flying into a brick wall, and... Um, that's where I knew where he was. I could see the smoke coming from uh, just behind the, the forest. So you've got the, got the king, got the DB5, that's sorted. And then what's happening with the other cars? Uh, some people have got out and have started looking around. It became basically the first trendy part of Tudor England. Oh, so I see. So you, you, you didn't get them back. They just sort of set up shop there back in the past. They stayed. They stayed. You know, um, places like Corby in England, uh, you know, Little Scotland, or, you know, Canada, people speak French. This was like uh, Tudor England, but everyone was from 500 years in the future. One thing I've learned, humans, it doesn't matter where they're from, a bit like the speed of a song. We're all the same song. We're just going at different speeds. So it was all sorted? Once everything had calmed down and the king had decided to, uh, you know, he started to chill a little bit and everyone started getting in the groove of having, uh, you know, a fridge. Uh, The problems really started when I connected him to the internet. Well, those were the last days of Rome, so to speak. I crossed the Rubicon when I introduced Henry VIII to the internet. And what happened? Uh, he wanted to start going to events uh, that were happening uh, in the... Uh... In the future? Yes. Because he was, because he was, the internet was f- from our time. Yes. Uh, and he started basically uh, dating. And he wanted to go uh, to a secret cinema. You know, these kind of things where the film is acted out around you. I was worried that he was going to go because he said, look, I've met this really lovely woman. I think she's fantastic. Uh, she likes my profile picture. She thinks I'm funny. And, uh, you know, I, th- I said, you can't. I'm not going to allow you to do it. Anyway, one night I was asleep and I heard uh, I heard an engine go and I thought, oh no, that's the DB5. He'd had it, he'd had it fixed. And I poked my head out of the... Uh, the cloister 
the uh, the uh, medieval uh, window. And I saw him drive off, you know, towards the maze. And I thought, oh my God, he's going on his date. I ran out, I got dressed, and that was it. That uh, He'd gone. By the time I got down there, he'd driven through the hole. And uh, it's a piece of history that is very rarely taught about. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it is. Because little do people know, Henry VIII, how did he die? People will know about his wives. They know that he was fat. They know uh, about him as a young man. But it's it's if you ask 100 people how did Henry VIII die, they don't really know. They'll say gout or they'll say, you know, what, he had a heart attack or something. No. He drove off into the sunset and uh, I actually walked past a... Um, a uh, Byron Burger, and I saw him in there with his new wife. <laughs> so he's, he's, come, he's come to the future. He's out there. He's having a lovely time. He slimmed down a bit. Um, he looked happy. I, 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 he didn't recognise me uh, as I was walking past. But um, yeah, he 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 lives. Uh, I believe he lives in uh, uh, near Brighton, uh, Seven Bridges. Yeah, we don't and, need to get into the details uh, of that. I mean, we need to wrap this up. Uh, I closed down the shop, and uh, now I've retired. And uh, I am releasing my memoirs uh, called British Bird uh, by Alan Bird. And it's about how I, uh, you know, transported myself through the medium of a washing machine. Yeah, we've got the story. Yeah. (laughs) Don't don't just sell it to us. (laughs) It's absolutely extraordinary. It really is. Is it? And and when's that book out? Imminently. Uh, Self-published. Yes, I'm hoping to release it on uh, Christmas Eve, just in time for the uh, just in time for the Christmas market. The Christmas rush that happens on Christmas Eve. Well, Alan Bird, thank you very much for joining us. I've got an absolute pleasure, and uh, I'll see you in the future. Well, that's all we've got time for. This episode was researched by John Kearns and edited by Matt Ewins. Sound effects were added by Ben Williams, and the theme music was by Nikki Green. Don't forget to leave a review on the. Apple Podcast site if you have enjoyed it and also look to checking out John Kern's album by searching for Monkey Barrel Records and on June 19th I'm live streaming an hour long multimedia nonsense fest at Upload Comedy Festival look online for details next episode I'll be talking to a milkman trying to fend off a zombie apocalypse but until then remain vigilant and catch you next time on Microscope Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.